Serial Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome back to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast. I am here as your host as usual, Anna, and today my lovely guest is Morel Kalyan, co-founder of Peppy Pals, of the SUP46 Femtech community and a massive part of the Swedish tech ecosystem, very active member where I believe she's been based in Sweden for the past 15 years or so. Morel, how are you today? Thank you, Anne. I'm very good. Thank you. And how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be one of our guests on the show. It's, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And before we delve into the life of morale and how you've got here to be where you are today, I uh, I just have to ask you to start us off, as it is the Serial Entrepreneur Podcast, what is your favourite breakfast cereal and why? Yeah, this is, I think, the toughest question I have to answer today because it's like I, I have a very bad discipline of not eating the same thing in the morning, so I like to change a lot. But if I had to choose a cereal type, I really love Cheerios. And uh, so it's going to be in between Cheerios and a homemade muesli that it's like very popular in, in Swedish breakfast. Uh, yeah, so I love, I, love, I love both of those. They are very good, solid choices. I do love a good Cheerio myself. <laughs> great choice. Got us off to a great start on the questions. Now, as I said, obviously, like, you have such a an interesting and obviously, like, very colourful story. Um, you're, you seem to be involved in a lot of things, and it's obviously amazing to see. So, kind of to start us off, let's start from the beginning. Maybe tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and just a little bit more about morale in general. Yes. So I'm uh, born and raised in uh, a country called Lebanon and I've studied there. Then I moved to Sweden in 2006 where I've uh, been accepted to a university, the Royal Institute of Technology, as a master's program in entrepreneurship and uh, management information system. After that, I got hired by the university to assist my teacher and then on different projects as well. So long story short, I'm not here to talk about all my career paths, but in 2013, I went to San Francisco like a, for an inspirational trip, let's call it. And for six months, I yeah, I didn't have like visa to work or anything, but I had to do something because it was like the mecca of uh, startups. So I started to uh, see wh- what can I do and I volunteered at events. And the first event I volunteered in was on Valentine's Day, uh, an event called Women 2.0. I think they still are alive and they still do a lot of like, it's a big community of women in tech. And I went there on Valentine's Day. It was like a pretty expensive event, but because I volunteered to do some extra work, I got the access for free. And then I've noticed there that everyone tweets. And I was like, I knew I, I, knew I had a Twitter account sometime, but, but I didn't remember. Like, so I like forget passport, download the app on my iPhone. And I started to tweet. There was like hashtags everywhere to tweet to that cer- certain hashtag on the event. And I've had, I've connected to so many people during that event. And fast forward six months, I did that like Silicon Valley is like, it has so much opportunities with events and meetings and meetups. So I met a lot of people, volunteered to a lot of different events uh, using just Twitter account. And then I became like a mini blogger during live events. And then I moved back to Stockholm. And that's where I found out that uh, from a friend that there was this new place called Sub46, SUP46, uh, which is Startup People of Sweden. And it was like the first co-working space, you can say, like the first hub that we were going to have in Stockholm. 
And I messaged the founder, uh, one of the founders, and uh, she agreed to meet me. And I went there. They, they didn't have like tables or chairs, no ceilings yet in the space, but they were like just starting up and you had to apply to be one of the companies to sit there. I loved her. Her name is Jessica. And she she gave me a true tour. And then I've noticed like, again, like on the walls, they had like this A4 paper printout, very basic. It says hashtag sub 46 and hashtag Stockholm Tech, S-T-H-L-M-T-E-C-H. And this hashtag that I'm like saying, it changed my life, <laughs> you can say, and that place. So that's that's where my startup Stockholm Tech, or like now it's also Nordic, you can call it however, but it started from Stockholm Tech scene. I started my journey with like, I started to tweet what was happening in Sweden uh, in the tech scene about the startups. We still didn't have back then like uh, the media outlets, the tech media outlets. They came a couple of years later. And they're more much like they cover much more than I did. But it was like the hashtag was created by the community of people. So we had the like the hub, we had the hashtag and we had this uh, monthly meetups. So contact meetup, which is like one of the biggest European uh, tech meetups uh, in the world. Uh, and uh, so everything came together. So I was like, a, you can say I was like a broadcaster. So that's how my startup journey started and yeah i don't know how 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 much do you want me to go so that i get to peppy pals uh it's it's all related you know but it started with a hashtag and a tweet yeah no 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 we will get on to peppy pals later but yeah like i think it's really cool that obviously you you started through Twitter and this conference and then it kind of like built that way. I've seen obviously your Twitter, you're, you're very active on, you have quite a big following on there. And it's obviously impressive. You're quite a big, like you say, a big part of the community and that kind of like life, life cycle. You know, when they were starting SUP SUP 46 and then you got involved and you, you know, you really helped push it. You said it was one of the first co-working spaces in Sweden. Yes. What was it needed? Like, was this needed kind of before? Did a lot of people respond to it really well straight away? Did it build? Did it become this massive community kind of straight away? Were people really grateful for it that you'd, you guys had created it and helped it along the way? Yeah, definitely it was needed because it's like we had the monthly meetups, we had the hashtag, but then we needed a space to to meet on a regular basis and to for companies to to gather. And I mean, this is uh, 2013 towards the end, like su- summer towards the end of 2013 when Sub46 officially launched. It was end of September, October, I think. I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was end of September. And also like in Sweden, like in general, you know, like it's a it's a country where we have a lot of great technologies that come, like infrastructure, like Ericsson, ABV, you know, the infrastructure we've always had. That's why it, it made it possible for the newer generation to build on top of that infrastructure. So we have like great uh, internet penetration. It's it's very fast. The mobile technologies, innovations, uh, like Sweden is home to a lot of innovations uh, in general. So, but we didn't have an area where we all gathered. Like it was, uh, before it was a different area where like Ericsson headquarters is. But then like the newer companies, the startups, you know, they want to be cool. They want to be in the city. We needed a space within the, in the central of of Stockholm and Sub46 had like one of the best locations in the center of Stockholm and that's something that yes we needed to to meet like the community needed a home and Sub46 was that home yeah well it's amazing to see and obviously if you guys have done incredible over the last eight or nine years or so 
Is it primarily focused on bringing together tech startups or people in the tech scene? Is it, you know, open to male and females? Is it femtech? Do you have any criteria or is it kind of anyone welcome? I mean, for sub, to be a member at Sub46, I mean, I'm not a founder there, but as I know, I remember that it was like very hard to get in. So uh, the team has done great marketing, but you had to apply to qualify. And they had a certain set of criteria, like a, a chart uh, when you go and visit them, they used to do like an introduction where they show like you have to be a digital company and also like high on innovation. And when these two meet, uh, uh, then you qualify to sit there. And also they, they didn't just like, it wasn't just about a table and a chair. It was more about like, how can you also give back to the people you're sitting with? It, it, it's an open space so it's like they made sure that like it's like when you have a normal company right uh, and there's a culture where you try to recruit people and the hardest thing is usually like how do you measure if this person is a fit to that culture and I think support six had like from an from an my perspective they had a similar perspective like okay do they fit the culture are they going to give back something to the community or not so they have emphasized a lot on the community because it was it was like we we learned a lot from each other, the people who sit there, and they wanted to make sure that it's the right people that are contributing when they came. They took, they give, and they also like give and take. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent, and that's kind of what the the startup world is all about. Obviously, you are a massive kind of active member in the Swedish tech ecosystem. This is just kind of one example. Is the in Sweden? are a lot of startups in the tech and the digital world is tech a big area over in uh, Sweden it obviously it sounds to be very innovative like you've said but yeah is there a massive like hub for new technology businesses and and products over there yeah I mean you know it's like this question could have been like different if it was you've asked me eight years ago like tech was still is is new It, it was important but like it's like IT, when you talk about IT, everyone thinks it's like the network of the printers that you have to fix. But but now if you look at the world around us, like there's no industry that doesn't have tech in it. So so it's like, I think all of us are getting to that space. Like agriculture is becoming uh, tech oriented. Uh, the education is becoming tech oriented. So it's like, so tech is embedded almost everywhere now. So it's like, some people have like, there's different buzzwords, right? So there's like the digital and then there's the tech. But at the, at the end of the day, like you use the technology to actually solve a problem that exists in any industry. That's that's how I see it. But but most companies from Sweden are have like I think tech as a core. So it is more or less digital uh, ICT companies. Yeah. No. Amazing. And like you say, it's kind of like becoming part of every sort of aspect of life so it's obviously needed and all these amazing startups with these amazing products are obviously doing things that eventually are going to help change the world or just aid our everyday life um, and they are definitely needed if you're enjoying this podcast then go check out the student built startups podcast a show where some of today's most promising student entrepreneurs share their stories of success and learnings and failures and future plans to make an impact. Head over to www.studentbuiltstartups.com or search Student Built Startups on your favorite podcast player to tune in. 
obviously you touched on it very, very briefly. So I'm, I'm keen to learn more about your tech startup yourself. Obviously, you co-founded Peppy Pals. So let's delve a little bit deeper into this. Where Tell me, first of all, obviously, the, the idea behind Peppy Pals. Where did it come from and, and what you guys do within the business? Yes. So Peppy Pals was founded by uh, Rosie Linder. And she, her story was she has two daughters. And she noticed when they were, as now they're more like teenagers, but when she founded it, they were like kids. She noticed that they, they are spending like on their iPads uh, playing g- their two girls. So like female, more girl related games. So she wanted to uh, like, like Barbie related or like anything like with not something different than princesses and, you know, these like typical stereotypical uh, things that we divide the gender. So she had the inspiration that in schools, they were learning a lot about intelligence, uh, IQ, but not emotional intelligence. And she wanted to have like a gender neutral games. So she didn't find any on the app store. So she made one. Uh, she came up with the idea to make one. It was just an idea. When I met her, it was an idea on paper. And we met at the lunch of Sub46, actually that night. I was alone. I didn't know anyone back then. I had just come back from San Francisco. And Rosie and I met, and there were not a lot of women in the audience. So that was also, you know, you tend to stay with people that look like you or like similar. So she gave me her business card and then she briefly spoke and then the stage time started. So we met the week after and then she she told me about Peppy Pills. So and then she showed me on YouTube, like how it will look like. She had a, a team of co-founders, uh, like a gaming studio where they were trying to help her create a game, develop the game. So that's that's how Peppy Pell started. That's the story behind it. And when I came in, I started helping Rosie out for free a couple of times a week because I really loved her and I really believed in the product. Uh, I loved the emotional intelligence part of it. And the game has no language. So it's, it was born global product. And it was also like it didn't talk about any female or male it was a very gender neutral and it was very inclusive kids could relate to it so uh, right now happy pals uh, how we pitch it today is we pitch it as like it's a digital learning experience for kids from two to six years old and we have a collection of uh, games apps and books and and other like merchandise as well and uh, it can it can also be used in both homes and also schools so it could be like an educational platform in schools because we don't teach kids emotional intelligence today and this is a, like a very fun and entertaining way to sit with your child i sit with my nieces and they love playing with me and they used to i, I could i could sense like what they are doing and, and then also when we used to go like to events before corona time of course uh, test it on kids uh, kids automatically what to do like adults were always thinking should i do this should i do that so uh, <laughs> kids were more intuitive so that's Peppy Pals. And, and, and I haven't said this publicly yet, but I made an exit actually in 2018. So five years later, I made my exit as a, as a co-founder. But I still am very close to, to the team and to their developments and so on. Oh, wow. And they're obviously continuing to grow and they're going to keep going with Peppy Pals and, and keep uh, updating it, I guess, and working on it. And 
yeah, bringing the next thing to the game? Yeah, so in 2018, PayPal's raised an investment from Lego Ventures. That's where I made my exit. And and the, right now, the team is focused on like growing a lot with partnerships. There, uh, there's a lot of different angles uh, to, to grow the product uh, further. Yeah, it's going pretty well for PayPal's as well. Oh, amazing. And it, it must have been a very a very rewarding business and obviously a product solution that you had because as you say it was working with children and it's like you said teaching them emotional intelligence which is something that it isn't you know spoken about it isn't thought about but it is something that obviously we we should be in and we're introducing to kids at a young age so how was the experience for you how did you feel when you were working your years on peppy pal so a very interesting question because like when you work with products or services that is with kids so you usually want the kids to love the product and use it and the, the parents to to pay for it right so it's like two different audience for the same product and i think like the most important part and this goes to any any startup who who, who wants to like start in marketing so I was involved very hands-on, like the first a year, a year and a half, like two years, you can say. And it was always like an on-the-side project for me. I never really worked at Peppy Pals like full-time, but it was like... And I think that it was like a passion project, you can say, a very big passion project for me. And I've noticed that like what you need to do in marketing, even though we call it all the time, you need to be visible to the right audience. So we, we needed to find the audience, which were the parents who had kids between two to six age. But we also needed a momentum to for, to get like visibility across investors as well. So there's like different stakeholders that we needed to be visible for. The investors in the tech scene were like on Twitter, let's say, during the at the hashtag and at the events when we had to, we used to get invited to go and pitch. We needed also exposure to hire people. So we needed to get like the gamer, game developers also excited and they are not very easy also to, to get access to. And then we needed the, the customers to download the app. So there were like three different audiences like the download the app is, is the parents and hopefully and, and then the kids to love it. We didn't have a problem with the kids loving it because they, as soon as they got a hold of of uh, of the game they loved using it and play play with it and it it is actually a very fun experience to play together with an adult we before we've launched a product so we before we've launched the first game we were already like a pretty good name because of all the hype and the momentum we've built using social media and that's where like my my background comes in so it's like because of my twitter exposure so i use that to also also like build that exposure for uh, for Peppy Pal. so everyone in the community everyone who needed to know about every investor who needed to know about Peppy Pals, they knew we used to go like pitch like crazy on any opportunity we had we used to go and pitch we just wanted to create a good momentum and also one thing that the swedish ecosystem offers that i don't see a lot of other countries that offer is that we have a lot of soft money access to funds and soft money and by soft money i personally call it free money so it's like you get it because it's a, it has a social impact as a as a company it has a social impact so you can have access to different types of soft money and we were funded we we had access to some soft money from different areas and also the government in sweden also has different funds you could apply to so so we were supported initially by like those funds until we got the angel investors we we've been to the accelerator uh, called sting and so on and so on so 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 it's like we wanted to be visible for the investors and we were using Twitter for that. We were using Facebook 
and Instagram for like the parents and LinkedIn to 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 have like partners uh, more more or less. And then eventually the team launched a YouTube channel and so on. But my uh, contribution was during the early days, like Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. So we, we created the whole momentum using that uh, those channels for free. Yeah, amazing to see what you've done. And I know obviously you spoke about at the beginning how that's how you started on Twitter and you kind of built it up that way. And it's obviously social media helped Peppy Pals and you kind of grew that organically as well, which is um, a difficult challenge. So you, you absolutely smashed that and did that amazingly. I feel like it's a really obvious question, but I'm going to kind of bring it up so we can kind of talk about it. But I guess you're a very, very good example of the power of social media and how important social media can be in this day and age, obviously for a business, for a community, for an ecosystem, for the entrepreneurial world. Would you say that that is fair to say, like social media is one of the most powerful tools and if you use it correctly, it can obviously really accelerate you in your business? Yes, the short answer is 100%. I I think that there's a lot of love and hate towards social media. But there's also, I think there's like a good side of social media and then the bad side of social media. But at the end of the day, I think it's how people use it, right? So I'm a big believer that if you use social media to build something good and great, there's definitely something powerful there's there's a lot of power in it definitely so i'm not the one of those people that ah oh, i don't like social media no but i but i can also see like how it could be influenced both negatively and positively and i think that it's like it it's uh, what do you do what do you do with it so so yes i've built my career i've helped Peppy Pals build its early stage, like early days, the branding and the momentum. And then also like moving forward, I've helped other like in my current work or like previous work as well. So it's like social media has been a key marketing channel that I've used as a marketeer. And I still I still believe in its power. And now we have also like new newcomers like, okay, Snapchat is no longer a newcomer, but like TikTok. So it's very interesting to see how it evolves. Yeah, definitely. There's always a a new kid on the block. There's always something that you need to be looking out for and you can't get too complacent with social media. Do you think that obviously social media is received differently in Sweden compared to maybe other countries or Stockholm compared to other cities? Like obviously you've kind of built this community up on Twitter and you've got a massive kind of presence on social media and, and in the Swedish tech ecosystem. So do you think a lot of people in Sweden are into social media compared to other countries or it is kind of a global thing that everyone gets involved with? I mean, if you look at the statistics in the Nord- Nordic in general, there is a very high penetration of uh, social media uh, platforms. So there is definitely like, I think not. this is not just for Sweden, but like Nordic countries, Scandinavian countries in general, we, we are early adopters. So that's why like these platforms like to come and launch there, even though we have each our own language which is uh, problematic when they're launching it but uh, but it's definitely uh, a market that is very uh, quick to adapt in these situations like like you can see clubhouse as well like now we have also i don't even spotify launched a new version i think it's called green room or something i don't know so it's like the audio stuff there's a very quick yeah fast adaptation from the market so it's definitely I mean, I don't have all the statistics in the whole world, but uh, Nordic in general is quite fast to adopt a new platform. Amazing. And 
in a more kind of general way of thinking, is Sweden an attractive place for entrepreneurs and startups? I know you obviously said people come there to launch and adapt because you guys do adapt more. But yeah, is it, you know, if you are a startup or if you are an entrepreneur, is Sweden kind of one of the places to be because there are a lot more benefits for uh, founders over there compared to other ecosystems? Yes, 100%. So I'm a very big advocate for our ecosystem. I think Sweden not just in Stockholm. Stockholm has, has started that vibe. It was like an early city, but also there's like across all all the country and also across the borders in Finland, Denmark, and even Norway, we are seeing great uprise in startups. And I, I definitely think, like I was interviewing an entrepreneur once and she said like, it's like, it's the best, as an entrepreneur, it's the best place to fail. Uh, in in Sweden or in any other country because like you are not going to lose a healthcare access to healthcare you're not going to lose access to education so and so on and so on so uh, so definitely it's a great place to start from a secu- let's say it's a safe it's the safest place for you to start also when you say you're a, a Swedish based startup it's already like a brand a reputation of its own so it's like a good stamp to have because of the quality that you represent and you also have like a lot of access to great uh, knowledge in the community so we are seeing like people who used to were used to be like early stage the employees at spotify or izetto or klarna they are now like going out and they have become richer of course so they can invest and pay it forward to the rest of the community so we are seeing a lot of pay pay it forward and that's that creates great access to early stage like very early stage uh, angel angel investment money and also not just like because as a startup i never say i always advise people to go if they need the money to take it from people that are going to contribute just not with the money but also with uh, with the knowledge and also like here i'm i'm currently in skone in in the region the south region which is like in borders with copenhagen so it, it, this region has a lot of like agriculture farmers and we are seeing also like great examples this this region has always been great as well as a startup ecosystem so you can see like it, it's like becomes Skåne together with Copenhagen and Denmark. So it's like another type of power on its own. Oh, amazing. I mean, obviously you yourself are are an example of this and, you know, you've been through different aspects in your entrepreneurial journey. What would you say some of the biggest lessons you've learned from your your whole lifetime and career and working in the startup world? What would you say some of the biggest lessons that you've taken away from your experiences? I want to say something that could be useful for the people who are going to listen, right? I think I wouldn't see my life meaningful if I wasn't part of startup. I personally love that the rush and the adrenaline and the challenges that you get, like, oh, are we going to bankrupt today or tomorrow or not, you know? And that, like, when you do that, uh, when you experience all that, I don't think you can do something different than what you what you are doing, I've learned that people, I usually say like this, people are the most important aspect. It's not just a product because people are going to build the product and then people, other people are going to use the product, right? So I think people are so important. And also if you want to join a startup, like work in a startup or start a startup, I think it's so important. Who are you going to do it with? Like, who are you going to start it with? So I think like it always comes down to 
the people, the culture that you're going to create. And, and like, even when you're pitching to an investor, you can't just go ahead and take uh, money from any investor just because they're giving you a great sheet to, you know, to sign. But you have to really partner up with the right type of investors, also people. And when people are involved, everything gets complicated. But unfortunately or fortunately, you have to deal uh, with people all the time. So if, if I'm going to... Yeah, if I think it's one of my biggest learnings to take time to learn about the people you're going to uh, take the money, like uh, take money with or work with and uh, ha- and hire. Er- at early stage, one wrong hire, you are going to get like in the wrong direction because this person is going to have a big contribution on the product or on the sales or on the marketing. And then it could be a total disaster or it could be a, a turning point. And also like a lot of a lot of early stage startups thinks, oh, if I'm going to go get higher an X, I don't know what an X, I don't know what to. But like you look at if you're going to go hire an X, some big company, I don't want to name. Just make sure that they can contribute from the same level they were. Because like an X something, it doesn't mean that they were at that level that you need and because like you need to do a lot of hands-on work uh, when you're uh, when you come in a startup early stage startup yeah don't be blindsided by the name or the you know the the impression yes. that they give no I completely agree and yeah obviously you you've had your fair share and you must have learned a lot <laughs> as I say it's been such a colorful kind of like journey for you and, and amazing to learn about so I guess my last question to leave you with is what is next for you, morale, and what does the future hold? Ah, what is next for me? I, I have never been good at answering that question when at a job interview when they used to ask me, where do you see yourself in five years? And at one big company, it was like the last round, I said, I think I want to do my own business. And this guy was going to hire me for like a very expensive leadership program. I don't think he eventually didn't. And I, I wouldn't hire myself as well if I wanted to run my own company and they're going to invest in me. So I think that, yeah, I don't have, a, I don't know where I will be in the, in the future. I try to live in the moment. And right now I'm, uh, I'm at Nextdoor. It's a, it's a neighborhood app for, for, it's another type of community building. So it's a lot about like the local, local and local community and especially in like the, Corona, uh, when Corona came, we've seen how important the local, the local everything is like it's everything local is important because we were stuck at home and it was important to know the neighbors or everything, local businesses, local government, local parks, everything. So I think that right now I'm in a very exciting uh, transfer like time at next door. So I'm, I'm happy there. So, and in the future, I don't know, maybe you can invite me again a couple of years from now and see what I will answer. We'll have a recap of the past like two years to see what you've been up to in there because I'm sure it will be a lot and it'll be another very interesting conversation. <laughs> you don't seem someone that kind of just sits still for a long period of time and just waits. You you said obviously you live in the moment and um, yeah, I can tell it doesn't sound like you have a lot planned like do you know what I mean like you say you just go for it as things appear and the spontaneities yeah which is what I love about you yeah I think I have a I have a close friend he says that my spontaneity is both a strength and a weakness at the same time so so I guess I I don't think I don't know if I will change but I think yeah living in the moment definitely something that I like to do and and you know everything everything changes right like look with I think with the pandemic we've learned so much about our priorities and what matters what doesn't matter 
I don't want to sound philosophical, but I think I think like it's a bit like that. And I can t- I can tell you one thing that I would never do something that I I'm not like passionate about, even if it pays a lot of money, I wouldn't go for it. So I really work matters a lot to me, like what I do every day. So it's definitely something that I want to, yeah, it has to have like a good impact in the world, a social impact or like any type of value. And that's where my heart is usually. Oh, it's amazing to hear. And I I look forward to following your journey and seeing what is next for you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Anne. Serial Entrepreneur.